listening to Sermons at St. Mary's, homilies of Father Don Nectarius Hawk, recorded live at St. Mary's Antiochian Orthodox Christian Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Wisdom, let us attend. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be to all. The reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us attend. At that time, a man came testing Jesus and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And the man said, All these I have observed from my youth. When Jesus heard it, he said to him, One thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became sad, for he was very rich. Jesus, seeing him sad, said, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But Jesus said, What is impossible with men is possible with God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Good morning. Christ is in our midst. Amen. Well, beloved, we have, as I told the children this morning in their little class time, we have not only entered into the season of preparation. We've not only entered into that season this year to prepare our hearts for the nativity, but we've traversed a little ways, a couple of Sundays. This is the second Sunday during the season of the nativity fast. This past Thursday, we celebrated a, a major feast, a great feast, a feast that kind of sets the tone for this season, a feast that has two major themes to it that are important to us, 
in our spiritual lives. That feast, of course, that we celebrated on Thursday the 21st of November was the entrance or the presentation of the Mother of God in the temple. Again, we know that this is not in the scriptures. It is deeply embedded in, in the life of the church, the tradition of the church from the early, early days. In fact, it is mentioned as early as the middle of the second century, in the year around 145, when the document, the Gospel of James, was written. And the only reason why that was not included in the New Testament, even though the early Christians in the early church understood it to be a very important document, a very important truth that was conveyed, that was revealed to God's people. The only reason why it wasn't included in the New Testament was because it wasn't written by an apostle. That was one of the qualifications. But nevertheless, nevertheless, this story that we, this event that we are celebrating, that we're still in the midst of this season, speaks to us first and foremost, beloved, about the issue of preparation. You see, the mother of God was prepared. As she went into the temple at, at a very, very young age, she remained there, and the Holy Spirit worked upon her to prepare her for that glorious event. Not only of the nativity, where she gave birth to God in the flesh incarnate, but also for that event where the Archangel Gabriel would come to her nine months before the birth of Christ. Because of her being prepared, she was able to say to the angel, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. A prayer that all of us, beloved, should echo every day of our lives. That should be on our lips when we first wake up in the morning. Behold the servant of the Lord. I am here, Lord. What would you have me to do today for your glory? That temple of God, that human temple of God was prepared by her willingness, by her her ability to cooperate with the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in her life, working to purify her heart, as is the case with all of us as well. That's, God is doing the same thing in us. Doesn't it say in the scriptures that we are temples of the Holy Spirit as well, right? And so we're reminded when we celebrate this feast, her preparation to become the true ark the ark of the Word of God, Christ Jesus, we're reminded that we are called to prepare as well as temples of God. We must prepare the temple of the soul to receive Christ. And the church comes to us in a glorious way and says, okay, let's do that. Let's set aside a time where we really focus on preparing ourselves in, a, in a, a deep and a profound way so that Christ may be born again in a deeper and a more profound way in our hearts. <clears throat> well, then I guess the question would be, then what does it mean to prepare? Well, 
for many. The preparation for this time of year, of course, involves shopping for presents, putting up a tree, decorating it, mailing cards, attending Christmas parties, and so forth. Very, very hectic. We know all that because all of us get caught up in that, don't we? But in the midst of all this mad rush, really, where is our spiritual preparation? Do we take the time <clears throat> during this season to really reflect upon God's work in our lives and the work that He continues to do in our lives to prepare us to embrace the deeper things of His kingdom? Going in deeper with that, in that love relationship that we have with Him. The Holy Orthodox Church invites us. We have a, a royal invitation this time of year, beloved. She invites us through prayer and worship and the hymns of the church, especially during this season. They're so replete with biblical references, especially in the Old Testament. All the prophecies, which I believe last, the last time I read, I read it years ago, but there's like over 300, 330 some prophecies to be exact. 333, I think. <laughs> that foretell the birth of Christ in the Old Testament. But our preparation is not just an intellectual exercise to, to learn the Old Testament and study it. No, it's rather a spiritual preparation that challenges us. Challenges us, beloved, to change our lives as a result of what we hear. Of this divine revelation that's given to us. The fact that God has opened himself to us and revealed himself to us in the most glorious and best way that he could by becoming one of us. We're called upon in the book of James to be doers of the word and not hearers only. This is the season, beloved, where we can really put that to a reality. In fact, it's, it's beautiful. Our we started it this morning, actually, in Matins. Our hymns actually command Bethlehem to prepare and to be glad. But that extends also to us. That extends also to us because we're called upon to go back to Judea. We're called upon and encouraged to rejoice and to marvel. To marvel as intimately and as fervently and as tangibly as humanly possible in that great and glorious event, that event of our salvation, where God became man. In fact, in our hymns, beloved, which I encourage you to really listen to closely during this season, in the hymns, Bethlehem becomes a synonym for the church. Bethlehem becomes a synonym for us. Because Christ is to be born within us. We shall become Bethlehem, beloved. I mean, it's, be, it's beautiful to go to that physical place in the Middle East. It's a very powerful spiritual experience to prostrate oneself before that, before that stone 
And to, and to put one's hand in, in that hole where, where the, the part of the cave is there. And to touch, physically touch, that place where our Lord was born. But you know what? Far deeper and far greater is what should happen and does happen to us if we enter into this season with humble hearts and open hearts and desire to come to know God in a deeper way. That's why we prepare. That's why we prepare, beloved. So that our Lord may make His dwelling within us. So exactly how? Exactly how do we prepare? Let me read some of the hymns to give us a, a sense of that. Let us cast aside the sleep of idleness and with vigilance of soul let us sing to Christ who is born of a pure maiden. Let good action be sufficient for the storehouse of our soul that with a radiant countenance we may sing to Christ who is born. See, our Lord called the rich young ruler to good action today. But we know what happened in that case, don't we? In his sadness, he turned around and walked away. Last week we heard about the man who was rich and who built all kinds of barns and wanted to build bigger ones to store his crops. Again, another example of one who was, had the wrong priorities as far as storehouses was concerned. The hymns go on to say, Shedding our tears like myrrh for Christ, who is born in the flesh for us, let us purify the stains of the flesh. Beloved, the church commands us He com the church commands us to become Bethlehem. In fact, one of the hymns says this. One of the hymns says, Behold, the time of our salvation has drawn near. O cave, make ready. O cave, make ready. The virgin is drawing near to give birth. O Bethlehem, land of Judah, be glad and rejoice. For you, for from you, our Lord has dawned. Listen, mountains and hills and lands around Judea for Christ is coming to save man whom he fashioned since he loves mankind and so the Lord comes to us beloved as well and he says let us shake the sleep of slothfulness O faithful let us fend off the temptations of the evil one let us keep vigil in prayer that's why among other things we expand our prayer life during this season. That's why we have opportunities to come and pray as much as we can to prepare our hearts. Another one of the hymns says, O faithful, let us stop every vile word from leaving our lips. And having learned the words of God, let us now offer them to Christ. You see, our orthodox spirituality is very practical, isn't it? We don't just believe in our heads intellectually and rationally about the, the great truths of the kingdom of God, but the church calls us to be very practical about it, to keep a guard over our lips, 
to confront and control our thoughts, to literally resist temptation, sometimes fleeing from it. In fact, all the time fleeing from it. As Joseph fled from Potiphar's wife who tried to seduce him. The last hymn says, let us make haste to renounce the carnal passions and the beauties of the world. Let us focus ourselves on spiritual concerns, presenting ourselves as worthy unto God. Beloved, we are to prepare with faith. We are to prepare with the gifts of our good works. We are to prepare in deepening our love for God during this time. At all times, of course, but specifically during this time in this season. And if the joy that comes from that is not truly a spiritual joy that softens our hearts and wakes us up from our spiritual slumber, then it's the joy of the world and not of Christ. You know, that beautiful Christmas carol, Joy to the World, right? The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. <laughs> We're not talking about, you know, being all, you know, excited and happy that, you know, there's, there's uh, lots of parties this time of year and that there's going to be a lot of presents under the tree and everything else, but our joy comes from the fact that God has come to us and still comes to us. That's why we say in our hymns today, Christ is born. Because it is a reality, beloved. It does happen to us. It wasn't just something that happened over 2,000 years ago. Finally, let me just say, beloved, that it's not enough to celebrate Christmas. We need to be changed and shaped by what we're celebrating. We need to let God do that work in us to soften our hearts, to bring us to even deeper way to that lifestyle of repentance that begins with humility and contrition and tears and confession. But it doesn't end there. It moves to the fruit, which is love and forgiveness and peace and unity. All of those things as they're evident in our lives, that, that fruit of repentance will make this reality of the birth of Christ within us a greater and a more profound reality and truth. One that guides us and leads us. One that, con one that controls our thoughts. One that controls our words and molds and shapes our souls. And of course, all that we do in this season, the prayers, the fasting, the church services, if our spiritual life is no better in spite of all of that, then we've not really fully begun yet to respond to the significance of this event that we look forward to celebrating on December 25th. 
So beloved, I issue another invitation to you this morning. An invitation to prepare for the nativity. In fact, really, it's more than an invitation. It's an invitation from me, but it's a command from the Lord. A command from the Lord to open the gates of repentance that Christ may enter our very being and be born anew in our hearts and to offer our virtues to the newborn king. Instead of gold, we offer charity. Instead of frankincense, we offer prayer. And instead of myrrh, we offer repentance. Those are our offerings to God. Those are the beautiful things that he sees and that he accepts as we bow down before him in worship. And then like the song of the angels and the adoration of the shepherds, our worship will be pure and our love without pretense. Let's make it our dedication, our commitment during this season to do that. For the glory of his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Thanks for listening. Find us online by searching St. Mary Orthodox Omaha or at facebook.com forward slash stmaryomaha.